1: here we are <laughs> welcome uh, to dc
0: <laughs> Whoa, you're
2: screwed up the intro for the show what's happening
1: i didn't say anything i was chuckling wow here
2: we are dc alliance chapter 47 heinz is already regretting this somewhere he's tuned in the first second uh i am the clown prince of podcast trust And unfortunately, who am I joined by here?
1: I was just going to put out, I thought something was wrong with the stream because it was like, we're at like almost three minutes and there's nothing happening. I was like, this is like taking a long time. But as far as DC names go, ooh, (laughs) I am the, I am the, uh... Ooh, that oh would be a very. No, I had one, but I was like, you know, that it's like on point, but it's super, super in, not inappropriate, but just not appropriate. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Polka Dot Man. Is it Polka Dot Man? I can't remember his name.
2: It's Polka Dot Man. I'm going to
1: polka, polka Dot Man Taylor Field.
2: Were you going to call yourself the DC fuckboy, Taylor? No, Field? no,
1: I was going to go with something <laughs> worse. I'll tell you Offcast, and I'm glad I didn't go <laughs> oh, with it.
2: Oh, no. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, yes, don't adjust your radio sets, your podcast app, whatever, your YouTube page. We are filling in for Heinz and Gray, and uh, sometimes Clay's hosting this. Uh, everyone's busy. Everyone's working. Everyone has life stuff. Everyone has exams. So at one point, Heinz was like, oh, I'm going to take a hiatus this week, you know, just because, you know, we got lots of stuff going on. You know what? Give me the baton. Let me let me host this, and because uh, you know I love DC. You know somehow I got uh, burdened with Taylor Field over here, always following me wherever I go. You know it's just. Uh, I'm
1: pretty sure I got I put on I- here before you did, and I think you're following me. Wow, okay. We'll have
2: to look into this. But uh, if you don't know who I am, you probably know from months ago, I used to host Marvel Alliance before Brent took over and kicked me out. No, they're doing a great job over there. But as I said on my last episode of Marvel Alliance, that you would always see me around. In a couple of weeks, we return to Marvel Alliance, and here I am hosting DC Alliance. So, Taylor, this is kind of your debut to dc alliance kind of because you were on the fandom episode so when we did our crossover you've been there but uh tell us a little bit about yourself and dc fandom and like what, what uh, and then we'll get into some plugs and whatnot. but what do you think was like what was your first dc memory like ever what was your
1: first interaction with anything dc oh my goodness my first interaction with dc i mean what i can vividly remember is batman begins but getting into the movie late in the theater when i was young so i didn't even see it from the very start wow.
3: um
1: yeah i know no, no. i'm hosting the show tonight ladies and gentlemen uh
2: <laughs> 2005
1: yeah um but uh aside from that probably batman forever no, no no sorry not batman forever batman returns i think that's another one that i vivid- can vividly remember uh that's probably my earliest dc experience
2: well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, if you like what we do here, myself and Taylor, we, of course, host Geek Frist Podcast. Geek Frist Podcast was the... St- kind of the start of all this and then we create the podcast network and fill it with just a bunch of great shows. But if you like what we do, hop over there. We're now we just announced there's a bunch of new announcements, but we just announced we do four casts a week. Lots of great stuff popping up there. If you like the geek stuff over here, we're talking about there. And if you hate this episode, well don't come over there because then it's just us you'll hate that even more. So but ladies gentlemen before we get going, because we actually have some fun news to talk about tonight, I'm excited to pick T's brain about it. But this is Geek Ultimate Lights. I've not done this in a while but I'm about to do it. We have a podcast network that is set Seven days a week, nine shows. Every Monday is World's Finest True Believers. Chris just did a retro of Superman Speeding Bullets. Very interesting story. Go check that. World's Finest is always just like a delight to listen to uh every tuesday live on monday is dc alliance which you listen to right now next week should return to your regularly scheduled time it's you know we had to go a little later because we're pacific and just kind of works that way with my new job tail schedule whatnot and then tuesday is when it drops on the podcast feed tuesday night will be Marvel alliance they got a really good show because they also got like falcon wear soldier but then that saying she trailer drops. so I, I can't wait Ah, I can't wait to hear Brent and Chris talk about that. I I think it's going to be a really good episode. That drops on Wednesdays. Thursdays is kind of a bi-weekly three-cast. It's going to be switching soon. Rangers Alliance will be going to Monday soon. But uh, right now it's Rangers Alliance, Star Wars Alliance, and then Slice of Film. This week will be Star Wars Alliance. I think they reviewed the Phantom Menace, so that'll be always a good time here, and you know people talk about Jar Jar Binks and all those shenanigans. Friday is superhero discussions. Check last week's episode, really good one with Chris and Travis, where they taught ranked their top twenty, top ten re- retrospectively animated shows and then saturday and sunday are weird science bringing the dc and marvel comics roundup and if you like what we do head over to patreon one dollars the tip jar that's just a thank you for the content and then five dollars gets you early exclusive and ad-free episodes just like the for patreon i know clay is putting up there something in the next week as far as something exclusive just for the patrons so that'll be good uh sometimes we do reviews early there so just lots of good stuff and it's just to support this network if you like what the people do here that creates more content more time everything like that I think that's everything. Shows go live. Follow them on social media because that's when you'll find out when they're going live, like tonight. So, Taylor Field, is there anything you got to throw out there? I know that you, you.
1: I mean, yeah, you can find me on Twitter or just chilling, hanging about. Taylor wow. at Taylor he, the Field. Uh, I'm from Geekverse with Travis. And. Throws out his
2: personal plug. It's not anything else, just his personal plugs. Oh,
1: well, yeah. Yeah and what else you know actually i got a question i got a question so between martian manhunter and the winged man in the background who is the bruce campbell and the baron zima looking guy
2: um so taylor is referring to on our show art right now we have a lot of alex ross art and i feel like you're putting me on the spot because i know that is plastic man the guy with the goggles oh but i don't know who that is the other head in between there is pla- like his head's like that one.
1: He, well he he looks more like plastic man because it has like like uh mr fantastic coming right in
2: yeah but if you look at plastic man look i'm pretty sure like look at his neck look how stretchy it is yeah, That it is, is pretty the goggles. stretchy yeah yeah, like, that's not a normal thing. So, oh, uh, o- o- e- Ralph Digny, Elongated Man. There you go. They're different people. He was a guy that recently was on The Flash. See, you're, you're completely right. I've seen The Flash show. I know that character. But I guess it's just weird out of all these classic characters. Elongated Man is on there. But he got the uh, James Gunn treatment last year. He was on The Flash. But some uh, not-so-great tweets came up, and they had to let him go. So, it's uh, hashtag, as we say in Geekverse, delete those tweets. let only delete those tweets. So, Let's start off with a story. You know what got deleted, Taylor? Was the Green Lantern appearance from Justice League. Mm -hmm. Look at that, kids. That's why I host Geekers Podcast. So uh, Justice Con, really cool event. Uh, Nerd Queens and Wonder hosted it. If you guys don't most people listening to the show know who they are but a big shout out to them because Warner Meg and also uh, Scott from DC Films and a few other people helped with our charity stream last year and they did this so I already was going to support retweet them and I did this week but check it out they did lots of good panels and I got to give them credit like one of their panels they did the first day was just all Justice League themed so they had like Snyder they had Joe Manganiello they had one of the writers Chris Terrio and stuff like that but then the next day they had Army of Darkness and like big coos to them like they got Batista and this is all like just a fan run supported con whatnot so I'm excited to see what they do in the next few years. I I I watch a good portion of it. I don't watch everything because I like Snyder's work, but I don't love it as much as them. But I support because they're fan supported, and they've supported us in the past. So really great stuff. Go check out. They just have like a slew of content over there. But anyway, so they did this panel to end the night. One was uh, Justice League, like, Spotlight, and they had Zack Snyder on, and they had Chris Tara, who was, again, same thing, a big, like, get for them. That guy's an Academy Award winner, and they have him on their streams, you know? Good on them. But they were talking about a lot of stuff about BVS, everything. We're not going to bring it down there. You'd I say watch the panels or go get stuff. I have some highlights from this weekend, and then there's some other news going on, but they were talking about Just League, and this had come out a few, kind of around the time after Just League, this had come out as far as like Green Lantern was supposed to be in this movie, but I guess they revealed the full-on cameo was going to be Jon Stewart's Green Lantern and Killawog, and then they had Revealed finally that this guy named Wayne T. Carr, which you can look him on IMDb, Taylor, because I'd never heard of him before. I had heard some rumblings about Wayne T. Carr, and then they confirmed it. But like, I've not seen him in a single thing. So like, unfortunately, I don't have a gauge as far as like he would have been a great like a great Green Lantern. And, like, I don't have that gauge. I've not seen him in anything. I looked at his IMDb, and like, I've not even heard many things he's been in. But I guess he was a friend of Ray Fisher, and they kind of met that way. And I guess what they did is they filmed it. In Snyder's backyard, or his driveway, with Ben Affleck, <clears throat> um, he even told them, he's like, it, it, we're going to film this, it may not make it into the film, so they did it, they didn't happen, and I want to throw to you, too because this has been a big debate for a while, and obviously this got confirmed because Zack Snyder said it, but... There's Obviously, DC that said they're doing this thing called like like Marvel, right? They're all both doing the multiverse, characters coming back, everything. And that's what they kind of said with Joker and DC fandom. they're really pushing and how Michael Keaton's come back. They're like, well, we're all about the multiverse right now. And you have, okay, you have Joker and you're Robert Pattinson's Batman in this other universe but the reason he was not supposedly allowed to use Green Lantern is because they said you can't do that. Which is, you know, kind of shitty because Zack Snyder said there's going to be no compromises on this. This was the Snyder Cut and I know you guys, this is maybe hot take of the night. He he did have to compromise. Like, that's a compromise, unfortunately, but that's what happens in studios. So they had said, no Green Lantern, you're not using it. So that's how we got Martian Manhunter at the end. How do you feel about, like... Why do you think we can get a Joker and a Batman movie separately? And they can look at the fans and say, oh, it's a multiverse, different versions. But then if Zack Snyder wants to use a Green Lantern, they say, oh, you can't do that because we got plans for you, can't do that. What is your take on all that? Obviously, Warner Brothers has had a kind of a stingy record these past few months, maybe almost the past year as far as some bad stuff. But what do you take as far as Green Lantern was in here? They said, get him out of there. And we got Martian Manhunter instead. And we have this guy who, unfortunately... Like got casted and he's acted a scene as Green Lantern and it's just somewhere. It's like that. Like I feel like that's if you were to get cast and not film anything. I feel like this is worse. Like you got cast as Green Lantern, you filmed something with Ben Affleck, and it's just nowhere. It's locked away. It's in the ether. Well, of Well, it's Zach the same
1: same thing as that girl. I can't remember her name. Hannah Baker, who did uh, <laughs> yeah, Ar- Iron Man's daughter. daughter yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because. I mean, I between the two heroes, Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern, I would say I'm more in the Green Lantern hype train. Mm-hmm. So I would have loved to have seen him in this movie. It's just kind of weird because why did we get Green Lantern in the intro, like a variant of him there? And why did they just feel like, you know, we're not going to put Green Lantern in the actual film?
2: Like the one in like the... Um, the dog like man the...
1: looking one that just gets killed by uh, Darkseid.
2: Yeah, you're talking about like the history lesson, right? When they're like, oh, this is when they invade everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I-, I think because that's a Green Lantern no one knows, because supposedly. I think it's like the Flash movie, which we're going to talk about, which apparently when production was f- like either filming today or is about to film, that's a movie that I think was supposed to be out like two years ago. They've been saying for a while that they're going to be doing this Green Lantern movie with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, the two Green Lanterns. So I guess that's been their pitch as far as like, well, don't use one of the ones we want to use because mm. you know, that, that's too much. But I guess because that one just gets killed off right away and it's no one we really, like the mainstream wouldn't even know. So I I I guess, but I think that's the reason why some people don't think they're – their reasoning, as far as oh, multiverse doesn't really make sense because it feels like sometimes they say that, but other times they kind of go, oh no, no, we're 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 all connected. So mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, it's weird, and I think it's a shame. I really do. I, I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know lots of people are petitioning for Snyderverse, all that kind of stuff, and when it comes down to it. I don't know the people call on the shots at Warner Brothers, but it just Warner Brothers, I mean, anyone. You don't know them? I don't know them by name (laughs) or personally, but I just feel like at the end of the day, their track record is not the greatest for movies Mm -hmm. currently. Um, And now you have Zack Snyder, and Netflix has got their fishing pole out, and they're reeling him in, like, honestly. so They're fishing pole. They're fishing pole. pole, yeah. I feel like Warner Bros. should ease off of the creative control and this is something that affects so many storylines especially with like video game movie adaptations because it's creative control to its core and these studios i feel like they have their own straight perspective of how they want this film to go and and everything like that when you have a director who studies these characters and these script writers and storytellers that all come together and work hard to create this cohesive story that can build up this universe. I mean, look at the MCU. I mean, you have, like you said the other day, actually, as an example, you were watching, you telling Jessica this on other casts, like you were watching the movies in like a, a consecutive order, not by order of release, but order of like, chronological. like yeah, yeah. chronological order. And I feel like that they all related to each other. As you said, and I feel like that's something that Warner Bros is really struggling to do. Like with, with their DC films and, you know, just, let Zack Snyder, well, I guess they can't let him now. They should have let him at the time put the, put the Green Lantern scene in the <laughs> yeah. movie because it would have opened up and segway brilliantly to the hype train going down the railroad tracks to the Green Lantern movie that they could have put out. So just a missed opportunity because I'm not excited for a Martian Manhunter solo movie. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with that, but
2: I don't think you're getting that. I don't think that's in the plans. <laughs> Um, I guess that's the other question I want to ask you is because people, it was a few weeks ago when the scenario came out and we had talked about the sun geek first as far as like the, like one of the CEOs coming out right away and be like, yeah, we're not doing anything more, anything like that. If they come to you, and not even talking about the Snyderverse, whatnot, and let's say it's an either-or. They say, we're going to make DC movies, but we want them to be connected like the MCU or connected like we were trying a few years ago with BVS, Wonder Woman. Or we're going to do Batman Joker style where we're going to do characters, movies. And I guess the Snyderverse could even be in there. As far as we're getting the movies that are separate stories, if you have an either-or, what would – and also you could do both. But I'm saying, what would you prefer from DC right now if it would be the connected universe or just make a bunch of movies?
1: Probably the connected universe I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff I really am like I got super giddy in Shazam when we only got like seventy five percent of Superman at the end um <laughs> all that kind of stuff just kind of really makes me stoked again I when when it comes to BVS, I got super excited when we got Wonder Woman thrown in there and I like wasn't super like expecting it aside from the trailers and all that jazz but like all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, I think, is great because it, it spices it up. It makes it different. Usually, when you go to the theater, so many movies are basically this one character's journey or adventure. Maybe uh, a secondary protagonist or something like that. But like, if you can throw in another main like character from another series or something like that in there, like I love uh, what would be the word cross uh, synergy, not, not cross contamination, <laughs> synergy. Yeah.
2: Cross-contaminate. Oh, that's definitely not the word. Let's cross-contaminate <laughs> these franchises. I don't think that's the word.
1: Um Yeah, it's tough
2: for me because I go back and forth as far as, like, Joker was great. I have that in my top four, top five comic movies of all time. I think the Batman, which looks, like, obviously amazing, is, as of right now, separate to the universe. That's great. But then at the same point, I do want them to, and people will take this the wrong way, but I do want them to get their end game where I want a movie where they're facing down Dark Side or a villain and there's just like fifty DC characters that we all know and have like a connection to. Like I want that moment. I want that moment where they put on a movie. It's like a two billion dollar movie and people talk about how successful it is. I don't know if that's the Snyderverse, but just something like that. But I think they I guess people have talked about before clay greg travis talked about on this show i think i just want them to pick a vision and stick to it even if i disagree with it, even if they say hey we're just doing the solo films then just do that just you know not this back and forth where it's like kind of and that's where i said this a few weeks ago in our our podcast network chat where it's just this word of multiverse is just complete bullshit it's not what and this is where people again taylor dropped the mcu thing but this is where the Marvel thing comes in where they're going to start doing some multiverse stuff, right? And you have stuff like, you know, maybe a Ralph Boner that obviously did not pay out and that fucking sucks. But you have stuff that maybe eventually if we get this Toby, Andrew, stuff like that. And we're going to talk about this with Michael Keaton as well. That is multiverse stuff. But the thing is, as of right now, MCU is not doing a, hey, we're doing a solo, we're making a new Iron Man that's not Robert Downey, separate movie, right? They've said this is their connected universe. DC's trying to kind of eat their like make their cake and eat it too. And when they say multiverse, I feel like it's just a way to simmer the fans down so they don't get pissed off or they don't get riled up when they want them to. So it's like with Batman or Joker, they can be like, hey, oh, that's just the multiverse. That's separate. But really the excuse is they just want to make another Batman movie and they didn't know what's happening with Ben Affleck, so they just want to make a Batman movie and make a billion dollars. But when Green Lantern, and even then, to me, there should be a bigger problem if you are... It's not even, this is the thing that doesn't even make sense. It's not in the Snyderverse. We have The Flash, which started production today. It is has Michael Keaton, and that's fine, but it has Ben Affleck. So you have two Batmans in there one Batman who was the current Batman, and then you have The Batman. So they are literally making a solo Batman and then a movie with two other Batmans. That to me is if you're going to worry about crossing over and about people, which I don't think is a problem, but if you're going to worry about audiences being like, hey, I'm confused, that's way more confusing than a Green Lantern being in Snyder's version for like a minute and then like a whole movie over there. It just doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. And that's why like, like this multiverse thing is just BS their words. Like Marvel, this is what I'm saying. Most time when they say something, they mean it just because they have a few people that are actually steering the ship and they've been doing that for the past 10 years. DC and Warner Brothers, every two to three years at Clay says is in the chat, they change every two years. They want to choose money, but they never want to invest in the top tier talent. And that's the thing. Every few years, there's a new president. There's a new this. There's a new that. And it's just hopefully they find somebody that will run things. But I just don't understand, like, why they even had to fight him on the Green Lantern thing. And maybe they just... I, like i said felt that this would really hamper their movie but like i don't think so i i i really don't think people would care if this green lantern was in and even if it was recasted like it's fine it just it it's just very strange you know mm-hmm. because to me if if that's the case then i would question them if i was in a boardroom okay then what's why are you bringing ben affleck back you have a new batman now isn't that going to confuse people And they're like, oh well no it's a multi it's like Okay, so, I, I like I said, I feel bad for the actor. I hope, I don't know if we'll ever see, it. I hope we get this Deadpool style with that very first teaser where one day that scene just somehow leaks onto the internet. I think that will happen at some point. If you were to guess, like, years, how many years do you think we'll see that scene of him and Ben Affleck together?
1: Oh, probably, oh, God. Over,
2: <laughs> under, over, I- under two
1: years. It won't take as long as the Snyder cut took to release. I'll tell you that much.
2: So that was three years. So you think it'll be under three years? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it'll be Zack Snyder. I think it'll just be some random person, like the Deadpool thing. People don't know, was it the director? Was it Ryan Reynolds? It just ended up somewhere on the internet. Then it spread. The same thing. He's not going to tweet it out or put it on Vero and be like, look at this scene I shot." But it'll be like, (laughs) oh, there must have been some intern that got this scene and... And then I'll get people talking and everything like that. So uh, we can kind of tie this into the next story here. Uh, Next in the – well, at the time of this recording, I think it's two days. I think it's the Thursday. Warner Brothers has their investors call. So obviously this kind of goes to everything, not just DC. But people are wondering, are we finally going to get those glorious Snyder Cut numbers? Are we going to know? Because there's been so much debate. And before I throw over you, Taylor, I think that (sighs) – I think people expecting the numbers are a little naive in the sense of, if you look at Disney, if you look at Netflix, they rarely release actual numbers. Look at Falcon Winter Soldier, their biggest premiere ever. How many people watch that? They're not going to tell us. They never told us. Same thing. Netflix sometimes will be like, over 70 million people watch this show, and then it's like, how much does a watch count? Oh, if they watch five minutes of one episode, that's a count. It's like... I guess. So it's just like they always... this, that, And that's been my problem with some people kind of bossing or like really mad that we're getting Snyder cooking numbers from HBO. There's two things. One, people have said like, oh, well, if it's low, they should still put it out because that would prove their point. No, I don't think so because they also don't want to have egg on their face. They don't want to be like, hey, we spent $70 million on something that didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's just... People don't really release numbers. They don't have to. That's why I do miss box office, because you can clear cut, see, okay, this was a hit. The problem is the same thing with Twitter, with this. You can inflate numbers. The same thing I always wonder, and I don't know this with Twitter or analytics, but it's like when something trends, is that because a bunch of people talk like tweet about it? Or is it because one person could tweet 50 times about that and that counts for the hashtag? I think it's the latter. And it's gonna be interesting. I think that I, I I think, unfortunately, the fans need to brace themselves that, as of right now, they've not talked much about snare Cut numbers, and the only thing they've talked about is saying, hey, we're not doing anything more. Unless there's a huge surprise, and they're going to give us numbers, and then there's an announcement, or they're teasing something, then maybe. But I don't think so. I think they'd say that for fandom if we get it again. I think this call will be primarily about, obviously, the company in general, subscriptions, how they've grown, and I think, unfortunately, it'll be about Godzilla versus Kong, because that was a big success for them in the theaters and as far as viewing subscriptions-wise. And I think it'll be interesting because someone, I think, will ask the question. It's an investor's call, so I imagine someone will ask, hey, how the snare cut Would you want to invest more? And they might say no. They've said no before in the past, but the snare cut, that did not end up happening. But... It's tough with these third-party numbers because you have just a gamut of, I feel there's lots of people that just share the bad numbers and then there's lots of people that just share the good numbers. And I say this, like, if you're going to share third-party sources, you got to quote them all. you got to look at them all. Like, with Samba TV, that was a big one. That came out first and it had all these really good numbers and did really well and people shared those galore. But when Samba TV put out that only 36% of people finished it, people didn't talk about that. They didn't want to spread that. And that's the thing where it's like you either got to, like, say no I don't trust any of those I want to hear from HBO Max or you got to not trust them all but you got to still think that's a chance and that's the problem with these third-party aggregators is we've seen stats that look like it did fantastic and then we've seen stats where it's like yeah it did fine so to do you think they release sort of any numbers and obviously we're only like legitimately what a month after but how are you feeling about the future as far as like a Snyder going forward right now
1: I don't see it being very likely Again, this kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier, where you're dealing with a company that is just too controlling over their storylines that they they have. And they're not being flexible. And I mean, yeah, they they succumb to the fans and they obviously Mm -hmm. put out the Snyder cut. But at the end of the day, it's... uh, it's just... It doesn't make sense. They put out so much good news that people want and are excited for, but at the end of the day, it's a 50-50 kind of thing, where, they, yes, there's good stuff, but then there's bad stuff. And the bad stuff is that, you know, we're not getting more Snyder Cut... Or, sorry, Snyderverse stuff, which I think is a huge missed opportunity, because this character... This, this character... This director clearly knows and understands <laughs> this universe very, very well. And I can't speak... To what these CEOs at Warner Brothers sitting around their table, all these suits head haunches are like, if they're massive comic book fans or whatnot. But I've seen it around on Twitter where they need to have a division that's segregated and focuses just on like the superhero stuff, you know.
2: Like a Lucasfilm. MCU, like a Lucasfilm. Studios. Any
1: any, yeah. any boss of any company who has several different divisions or branches, who tries to just have his hands in every single one of the jars for these divisions, it doesn't work well. It doesn't at all. You need to have your Feige and your Kathleen Kennedy running the show for your different branches. It just makes it so much easier. And then they can come to you at the end of the year, say that this is their plan, everything that was successful this past year, this is my plan for the next year. We need this amount of, uh, amount of money. Give it to us, and so we'll make you times three back. You know, but no. Warner Brothers is, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of like what Fanboy Clay was saying in the chat there. Like, I'll make it pop up here. Uh they don't want to invest in like the top tier talent that they have. You know, and that's just kind of them again. Not you got to shovel out some more money and literally invest, not financially, but invest in the belief that you know your Zack Snyder and your your actors they they can do this you know they can bring this stuff to life and make good revenue
2: so i'll play uh, i'll piss off some people on the podcast now for i'll play devil's i'll play devils advocate for a second so let's say those stats that are the more negative ones are true or they're in a ballpark of being true right if there is that hey over a million people watched it but only 36 people percent finished it in like i think it was the first two weeks that's not a great stat, and I don't know. I've broken this down many times, and some people get it. That's great, but some people don't where – I, if you believe this, more power to you. But I've never understood the, hey, if I ha- – I believe people are watching Star Cut over and over because they like it. That's fine. I'm not saying not to like it, but people that have the idea of I'm going to just put, keep it playing on my TV over and over, and that's going to get me the numbers. Sure, they'll look at it as some investment, but again, I've said this before on Twitter. I've said this other places, maybe on Geekvers as well. If I buy HBO Max and I'm one person and let's say it's ten dollar subscription, I watch Snarkut 50 times, you know how much dollars they got? They still got ten dollars. Where if there's three people, if there's Heinz, Field, Clay, and Greg, four people, right? And they subscribe to HBO Max to watch Snarkut and they all only watch it once. That's 40 bucks. So if you look at the math and you take it and you go 10 bucks versus the 40 bucks, sure, it's great that Travis Snell is watching the Snyder Cut every day of his life, but we already have his money. We want the other people's money. And if the other negative stats that were true when they showed this kind of boost in subscriptions – that the subscription things didn't even get that big when Judas and Messiah came out. Like, it didn't even, like, they showed this graph, and it was, I think it was Salma TV or somewhere again, where they showed this graph, and again, these numbers, we don't know, because it'd be pull of thin air, but that's why I'm saying, like, let's say these negative ones are true, and there was just, like, a minor bump up for this. They, I, th- I will always still say, some people disagree, I still think if we didn't have COVID, I don't know if the snark Cut would have happened this year. I always think it would happen at some point, but this year they needed content, they needed a they need to boost their streaming service, and they want to keep on. Yeah, go ahead.
1: So to counter what you're saying, when I when I look at the Snyder Cut, I really don't see it as like them trying to make money, and I think that stems from Zack Snyder not getting like a penny off of it. I legit. Well, that's feel like, not a
2: great idea.
1: No, no, <laughs> They're not but trying like, to make money. No, well, no, like they wanted to make some money, obviously through it, but I genuinely don't feel like it was supposed to be this huge money maker of sorts or anything like that, like. I feel like it was more or less. Again, I don't know where Warner Brothers really stands when it comes to that because I feel like they regretfully agreed to it. Like, and. I don't know. Well,
2: the, well, it's tough because you have scoopsters out there that literally put forward of, like, you can tell which side they're on. Not the side they're on, but the side that their source is on. And we've heard this mix before. There's some people in Warner Brothers that love the Starverse and would want to keep going. And then there's the other half where it's like they want it done. And it was kind of what you said. is like a against their will sort of, sure, we'll put it out there. And Clay says... Uh, then that's true. Then let's move on and legitimately make movies more, rather, uh, move f- movies forward and backward without snarkup being an issue. They don't know what they're doing with their DCIP. Well, that's a hundred percent. There's so many movies announced that they have no idea. But I think the problem is Clay, where it's like <laughs> they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, because they're. I feel like okay. If what you're saying is true, Clay, and you want them to be clear cut, when Ann Sarnoff came out the day, like the t- two days after Snyder, and said we're moving forward, let's say they're not lying or anything like that. Let's say the numbers were bad. We're moving forward. What happened? The fan base just got an uproar. They're like, you can't move forward. We want this. Brent from Marvel Alliance Fans Wars has pointed this out that. It did start as, hey, we just want him to finish his movie, to, hey, we want two more movies from him. I'm a part of that camp. I like the snare Cut. I want more. But I'm also somebody, if I don't get more, I'm not going to tweet the hashtag every week. I'm not going to be... I'm going to be like, oh, this sucks, but there's a lot of movies I didn't get, you know? I'm still waiting for a proper Mummy 3 with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Vise, uh, Rachel you know? I never got that, but here we are. I'm waiting for Scorpion King 2 at The Rock. Didn't get that either. But sometimes it just happens. So I... I wanna ask you this. Do you feel fans would be disappointed if they continued this universe in a comic book or animated route? Cause let's say cause I feel like the movies, let's say all those more negative stats are true and it was it did fine, but not worth investing a lot more money with, or the controversy, because I also don't care if people say, like you're saying they you know about money and whatnot. I don't care what people say. I think the fact still years ago when BVS didn't break a billion, that really shook them. You know, it's crazy that there's like three Transformer movies that have made a billion dollars. Captain Marvel, yes, with the help of the MCU, but Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. BVS didn't. So there's all these other signs for why some people Warner Brothers might be like, hey, I don't want to move forward with the Snyder Cut stuff. The Joker made a billion. Aquaman made a billion. Like... We don't need his stuff. So let's say they go, okay, we're moving forward. Do you think it's better, one, to just completely cut off and not do anything? Or would you think people would be fine with comics or an animated movie? I think it's smart because there's an audience there. But do you think people would be kind of let down if they say we're doing this, but it's animated or a comic book, whatever it may be?
1: Um, I think you're going to have people that are let down. Again, I, I feel like most of the like – like comic book fans, everything like that, uh, they're going to, they'll love it. I mean, because they're not, they're not missing anything. And I mean, that's great. For the general population out there, though, like myself, I'm probably not going to go and read Justice League 2 on, like, Snyder's version in a comic book form. Probably not even as likely to watch it as, like, an animated film. I'm not particularly, like, an animated film kind of guy. I mean, it definitely depends on what it is. Um this guy
2: still hasn't watched Invincible. Come on now.
1: Oh no, yeah, I haven't watched Invincible. Uh, but I mean that being said, it, it, like it, there's a market for it. And uh I I don't know. Let me, let me read what Clay's saying here. There's a fraction that will buy the comic, <laughs> another fraction will watch the animated movie. Not everyone in the fandom will do both or just one. Yeah, that and that totally makes sense. So I feel like for Warner Brothers to continue off and do that and just, again, like you said, Travis, abandoned the whole Snyder thing because his movie didn't make that much money for them when Transformers did and Captain Marvel did and all that jazz.
2: It still made lots of money. I think they just... I I know some people always say you couldn't compare it to Marvel. I, I still think Batman vs Superman in its sleep should have made a billion dollars. I always will go... The fact that I am in that camp where the fact that it didn't, it doesn't matter. Like, we've seen some really shitty movies make a billion dollars. And I actually I still like BVS. So I was... I understand those people when they go, hey, the BVS should have just printed money, but it still made like $850 million. That's still like a huge amount of money. It's just not what they wanted, I guess. hmm Um, what was it Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I don't have anything else to add.
2: So I guess my last question, because I think we bounced around it, but do you think they will reveal any numbers for the Snyder Cut? And two, what do you think they will say about it if asked or any
1: statement on it? Um uh it, it's yeah again that's tricky because i feel like, uh, like yeah the, you'd have to put the numbers out because for whatever reason they you, have to i feel like they have to like you can't hide those numbers like because like, then people are gonna be like well it just creates this assumption and i don't think if you hide it you look guilty i feel like You're like okay why are you hiding it? are you guys embarrassed uh you guys but get like little we numbers said, we do-
2: we don't know the Mandalorian numbers. We don't know certain, like, people's numbers, stuff like that. So lots of people don't share numbers.
1: No, but they do share, like, what is, like, number one right now, stuff like that. And we yeah. never even got that with the Snyder Cut, really. I don't remember seeing any ads. Like, the number one movie on HBO Max, it's, like... We're well, because what it. if
2: this is what I hate to tell people? But what if it never was? Like that joke <laughs> in Infinity War, like when uh, when uh, who says oh Star Lord was like it's Footloose to the greatest movie of all time, and it Peter never Rose, was, it never was, and that's <laughs> why I wonder, like, was it like never? Because I was always been thinking, like I know people won, but how many people? And that's where it's like, what if there's not that actual stat to share? I'm not saying they could be lying. I'm not saying it could have been done great, and they're like just because they hate Zack Snyder or hate the universe, they're like we're not sharing crap. But I'm. That's why I'm just saying all time devil's advocate. If it wasn't that, what stats are to the show? They're like, yeah, it was the fourth movie on HBO Max. Like, you don't show that off. You don't say like, look at this movie. We spent $70 million on an ad campaign. Like, oh, it did fine for us. You know, like unless they really want to bury the barium bury six feet under, I guess. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first ad break, and uh, this ad support network, as always, they can be a little loud. It kind of depends on your podcatchers, and we don't get to pick the ads. So, uh, you know, sometimes Heinz says he gets alcohol intervention ads. We don't pick those. We're not telling you you have a problem. If you have a problem, go get some help, but we, we're not telling you that that's somebody else's job. So we're going to throw it to an ad break, and we'll be right back
3: Chumba ChumbaCasino.com. No process over 18+. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? And we are back.
2: Uh, just to follow up on the last topic, Clay says they'll dodge a question just like they did the article after the film, like Disney did on Investor's Call for Premier Access. Yeah, they'll give some sort of – I think they'll just say, oh, yeah, we're really happy we can release snack, uh, snacks vision, Zach's vision, mm-hmm. and uh, we're happy it's part of HBO family, and that's it. You know that, that it, I legitimately feel it will just be clear-cut like that. Tony says, I feel like with how big and important the snag cut is, they should put the numbers out. I agree, but I feel like there is a point if it didn't do well, they don't want to do that. And then if it did do well and they don't want to do more Snyderverse, they'll say, like, ah, like, I just don't think we'll get anything concrete. They'll mention it, maybe like, oh, we've had great films these past few months, and they'll throw it in there. And DC Films will not be lucrative until DC stu- Studios is established. Yes and no, because, like, Joker and an Aquaman made a billion dollars, and there's no DC studio, right? And I know that's just a few examples, but, like, look at Wonder Woman, the very first one. That movie did huge domestically. So those, you could say, are exceptions to the rule, but you had the Dark Knight series, stuff like that. So I think there's enough. I I think I do want a DC studio like everyone else, but I think they just need some clear-cut leadership and a plan, and then that will help. But uh, And they just got to make movies that are – I don't want to say good. I don't want to say that, but just – I guess movie. I guess it's tough to say movies that speak to everyone because <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking about speaking to everyone and anybody, so the Flash hit. I think I forgot to tell you this. So you should quickly go look. Have you seen the new logo for the Flash that started today? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you saw that. What are you thinking about that? You like it?
1: I like it. Yeah, like it's it's mm-hmm. a flashy. No pun intended. It's uh, it's got some style, and I mean, I I feel like there's. A good graphic designer could turn, like, take anything and just like revitalize it. And I feel like that's that uh, a designer's job is, yeah, take a take something old and make it fresh, make it feel new. And I feel like you know, looking at this logo, it felt new, it felt vibrant, it felt like this is going to be a cool piece of work that we're gonna see. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah, and then a few notes because we're going to transition our story about Ray Fisher here. But a few notes. So it started production today. uh, They announced Benjamin Wallfish is going to be doing the score, which I am just over the moon happy about. Wallfish is one of my favorite composers right now. He's, I've always said for the past, like I think since It!, That's where I really fell in love with him. But he's done a lot of great other ones, too. I always said, like, man, I want him to score the next Batman. We have Michael Giacchino. The score sounds great, so I'm happy with it. But still, I thought, oh, he'd be great. So the fact that he's scoring this movie, and you know he'll probably get to score some scenes with Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, that's very exciting to me. So, like, I'm not getting my full wish of him doing a Batman movie, but he's going to be dabbling in the Batman world or universe. So I cannot wait to see what Wolfish has. He's just go listen to him if you like scores and whatnot. Just, like, the it stuff alone is just, oh, some of the best stuff ever so they did that and then officially today Michael Keaton's agent came out and said that yes he is a part of this movie The Flash so we have that confirmed, yeah, confirmed because a few weeks ago he was saying like he wasn't sure about it stuff like that I don't know if it was a genuine concern because of COVID and filming or if it was just hey you know add a couple more zeros on that and we'll be in there so obviously Taylor you're happy about Michael Keaton being officially confirmed for this?
1: I am very happy it just again this is that interconnectedness that we get to connect those other two films with this franchise, which I love. Again, it's like our Spider Man one and two connected to Spider Man No Way Home. Like I love when these studios finally stand up, click out of their freaking game face and just think, you know, why don't we just game do face. Some game face? Why don't we do something wacky and crazy? Something that the fans actually really want and give us that combined universe. It's just it blows my mind that we're gonna see Michael Keaton back as as old man Bruce Wayne. Like, that's just, that's awesome. I, I, I can't imagine being a little kid or even like little Travis back in the day and be like, Hey, guess what? In, <laughs> in 20 years, we're going to have Michael Keaton come back. Yeah, as I'm Batman. only 19. Only I'm 19. only 19.
2: I only 19 i can not it hasn't been around for 20 years
1: in, uh, 18 and a half years. we're going to have Michael Keaton back as Batman. He's going to be with the flash Ezra Miller from the Snyder cut and all that jazz.
2: Oh, yeah, I say this all the time. My kids are going to be so spoiled because they are, they were both alive. Like, uh, like obviously, they're little, but it's like Endgame's just a thing for them. This movie's just going to be there. It's just going to be like, hey, I'm going to watch this flash movie that has multiple Batman in it. You know, we're like, and I know people always say this about like in the day when they only had Superman or Batman 66, like, you know, how we, how bad, you know, had, like, you guys have everything. And that's how I feel with this generation. Like, you guys got everything. You didn't have to wait. So, obviously, I don't know if it'll be as important to them, but. I'm with you. I love like bring on the multiverse that I love multiverse. I love what if stories. So I'm very happy because I am excited for this movie. I have like problems with it. But Keaton, if something fell through after we had heard he was supposed to be in it, I would have been crushed. I really would have. And I've always said this with the older actors, especially not like Toby and Spider-Man because he's not that old. But someone like my old Keaton, he is 60 going on to like 70, stuff like that you got to do it now because you never know what will happen. You know, like I just watched civil war tonight and look at like, I I still can't, when I watch and I see Chadwick Boseman, I still honestly can't compute that he's not here anymore. You know, like it still doesn't feel real. And it's like, that's a guy that was young in his 40s. So it's like, we may never get a chance again to have him on screen. And I've always said, this is fantastic way. And I hope we get more. I've said this before that much together people, I hope we get Batman beyond, or I hope he does spin off to his own thing. I'm not sure, but, also, another part of this panel is Ray Fisher had a spotlight and he said that, you know, he's kind of, you know, they're talking about The Flash and obviously he's bummed that he's not in it, but that was part of his choice. And we've talked about this before in First, and they've talked about here as far as his problems with Walter Hamada and whatnot. And he's kind of been lately throwing out the, I guess, line as far as like if there's an apology or Walter Hamada would kind of own up to some stuff that he would consider coming into The Flash. Here's my thing. I... For the most part, everything Ray Fisher said do believe him. I don't think he's making this stuff up, especially with everything that's happened with Warner Brothers. I just think there's two things as far as one. I think these guys that have done some of these things to him, it's so far gone that they're just going to play the game. They're not going to be like, I got to apologize now. And two, I would love it to happen. I really like Ray Fisher. I liked Ray Fisher in both like the – the Joss lead, the Joss Leiden cut, the Joss Oof. Whedon cut, and the Justice League cut of like the Snyder cut. Like I just think Ray Fisher is a good actor, and I liked him as Cyborg. He was better in the Snyder cut one because he had a lot more stuff. But I think if production is starting today for the Flash, I think the likelihood that they make up before this movie ends is very, very small and few and far in between. Like this would have to be like ninth hour sort of stuff. And I just don't think the Brass of Warner Brothers, the people that are, he's the ones calling on an apology. I just don't think they're gonna do that. I just think they that would them admitting they're wrong, that would them having to kind of have an egg on their face. And I don't think that's going to happen. So, Taylor, do you have like – what would be a percentage of you think Ray Fisher may make his way into this film? I'm not saying the future because I could see leadership changing and maybe they bring him back. Or maybe even two years from now, somehow him and the people he's problems with the specific like uh, Walter Mott or stuff like that, they come to some sort of agreement. But for this film, do you think – what is your percentage chance that he somehow finds his way into it?
1: I, I think it's high. I feel like if you can – It's high. Well, I feel like he could. If you have him in – he's not done with DC – as far as I, I'm – I feel like he came – he did come back and he chose to do that extended scene in the Snyder Cut, right? So I feel like
2: yeah, – Yeah, but that's – because that's Zach's, right? So it's like he said he'd do anything for Zach. This is something different. True, this is but I like, mean
1: if if – let's say hypothetically then if Warner Brothers like, okay, Zach, like we're going to let you kind of – we want you to continue doing your film. And then Zach's like, okay uh, – <laughs> Sorry, why am I drawing a blank? I can't remember the chap's name all of a sudden. Ray uh, Fisher? Ray Fisher, thank you. Just drew a blank there. If he, <laughs> the Zach's, chap's name. Yeah, Zach's like, okay, Ray, I need you. To be in this Flash movie because Warner Brothers gave me the green light. I'm going to do a Green Lantern movie and do all this stuff. Wow, and Zach has
2: a lot of power. You just gave him.
1: <laughs> well, you said he'd do anything for for Zach. So
2: <laughs> can I ask you though? Because you said in the last story, you're like, I don't see the cut happening. But in this version, you're like, Oh yeah, I could see him come back because Zach is, and This is, is a
1: hard hypothetical situation.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but so you're give me a like. I'm saying just this flash film though, because they're filming production now. Like I said, a lot of stuff would have to change for him to get in here. What is your percentage that we'll see Ray Fisher in this flash film? I'm going a like, I'm going five percent. I'm going low.
1: Um, I'll prices right you and go six percent. Wow. Okay. Makes up those rules. So,
2: yeah. Well, I just don't know. Like. Do you see the guy, because Walter Mana is producing the Flash movie, do you see, because what Ray Fisher's, one of his points is like, hey, I'd come back, but I need this guy to apologize to not only me, but some of the people that you know that were in the Just League investigation. Do you see someone, uh, as far as that elk, the brass of Warner Brothers, making some public a statement and apologizing? Do you see that in the future? Mm,
1: I think I don't see how it wouldn't happen. I mean, you have someone like James Gunn who is apologizing. I mean, I feel like you would need if you want to have a successful career like you need to make amends and apologize for these things that you do in this industry i mean you can't it's it's to just think you can just keep on like scooting on by in this industry without having to like pay mind or pay your dues i don't think that's very fair again i know hollywood is corrupt and crazy so who knows but like me as a person i think he needs to apologize and go from there
2: You as a person. Well, yeah, I think the thing is, though, like, with James Gunn, those tweets were public, right? Where this guy still says, Walter Mata, from his point of view, says none of this happened. Or from his, like, camp, I didn't do any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll 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 see. I, I hope they work it out. I don't think that'll happen. I do always think it will be interesting to see what happens if, yeah, Snyder does do more. Because that would be the obvious, okay, like, what happens with a few of these people. But, uh Nonetheless, uh, we are on our last story because there wasn't too much. Like I said, you can go check all the panels from Justice Con, but a lot of stuff. There was like this debate, like not a debate, but Zack Snyder shared like some titles as far as with BVS goes. And I guess that was a studio mandate. They wanted it to be called Batman versus Superman. And uh, he had <laughs> thrown out some titles like the Son of the Sun and like the Night of the Night. So like, you know, Superman, like so S-O-N of S-U-N or like Night of the Night. Oh, boy. I think those are some stupid fucking titles. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Like, I, maybe there's a better one, but I just saw. I was like, uh, I'm not with you on that one. But go check out uh, on First We talked about the Army of the Dead thing, and I'm very excited for that. That trailer was great. And a big shout out to uh, Scott from DC Films because he did such a great job with the panel him and with Tim. And uh, good job, uh, his titles. Oh boy, so all <laughs> in the game. Yeah, I yeah I just didn't. I there. Zack Snyder, I'll always say this, I'm always intrigued by what he does. He's a filmmaker that I will watch all his stuff because I think that he always has a certain take and you're either going to really enjoy it or really dislike it. And that's all been my history with him. There's And that's why with BVS that I feel the way I feel. There's some stuff I love in BVS and there's some stuff I feel like, this is bad. And not on the bad of like, oh, Batman killed it. It's just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what are we doing here? And like, son of the sun of the night like the night, like that's, not, like, that's not marketable. You can't... <laughs> You can't do here's the sequel to Man of Steel, Son of the Sun. And I just like maybe a chapter in a story, but I don't know about that. But uh, what I do know is we're going to take our last ad break and then we're going to do our final story here.
3: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. In my dentist's office. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: So uh, the other person, like I was talking earlier, uh, they had uh, Batista uh, on their panel here for Justice Gone. And they're talking about DC and potential stuff in the future. And he had kind of joked around. I, well, he he said away, but he he was serious about that. He talked about the two DC roles he would like to play as Lobo. There you go, Chris. I shout out and uh, Bane. So Lobo is like a space cowboy. He's a bounty hunter. He kind of has like a very gnarly kind of badass personality. He's he's comedic and things like that. And then you have Bane. So Taylor, do you think? One, we will ever see Batista as Bane because this kind of started like a little campaign as far as like Batista as Bane. Do you think we'll ever see that? And was that something you'd want to see? Like, if he's going to be in DC, is that a character that would fit? Or did you see that? And went, eh,
1: I don't know about that. Well, uh, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, picturing it now, I, I could very well see it. I mean, it'd either be him or John Cena, but John Cena's already taken, so.
2: <laughs> Wait a second.
1: <laughs> you think John Cena could play Bane? Oh yeah, he could totally. We gotta get this
2: man some columns, <laughs> so We got get him some anime. Th- so you, so you, who who is a better actor in your opinion, Batista or John Cena? Batista. Do you think John Cena and Batista are like close in quality?
1: Uh, well, I think they're different in different levels, but I mean, like, as far as I see, Bane. seeing Bane seeing Bane in the Nolan trilogy was very much like the most I had ever Mm. (laughs) oh my god
2: Clay says, "Taylor, get off this podcast." Is Taylor high? We did tell you there's going to be some hot takes, but I was not prepared for this. Like oh, John no. Cena as Bane. This is one I feel going to remember you forever now. John But Cena's- we don't like- have to
1: worry about it because he's not ever going to be Bane.
2: <laughs> but it's still just such a take because it's just like I feel like we've talked about this. Like he's the worst thing in Bumblebee. I don't know how he's going to pull off the Fast and Furious villain role. So the fact that but we're be like- we're
1: excited for him in Suicide Squad though.
2: But he's very comedic in that. He's talking about eating dicks in that. You know, like, <laughs> we're Batista. We've seen him be a serious actor. Tony Walton says, uh, Tony at Walt Says, I would love to see Cena's Bane <laughs> as an SNL skit. This is great. Oh, man. I cannot wait to share this episode tomorrow and have the hashtag Cena for Bane. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> John, like, are you picking John Cena just because he's muscular? Or do you think he would actually do a good Bane? Like, think about what, what, things, what I... The, I I, I have a second question
1: when I think about Bane again like I was saying with the (laughs) Nolan trilogy that is like the most uh that's your touch point for it yeah well I mean I wouldn't say touch point like that's Growing up and seeing Bane, my only experience with Bane was the one from Batman Forever where he's Batman and like, Robin.
2: Batman and Robin. Was
1: it Batman and Robin? Oh Batman and yeah. Robin. Okay. Yeah, he's like Bane or whatever he says. <sighs> and I mean, that's why I that's again you don't see John Cena's face, he just wears the mask and he's just saying like <laughs> I don't know, like Cena, Cena. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why would he be saying? Cena uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, so you're saying that he should be playing the Batman and Robin? He'd version. be
1: like a full-on goon version, like henchman style. Okay. But I know, obviously, now in retrospect, that Bane is more, I guess, like that leadership role, gangster kind of chap yeah. from one like, series
2: could you see the dark knight rises and replace that actor with john cena like replace <laughs> tom hardy with john cena that would be that would be something else all the games said batista was interesting in bond and blade Rider. senior couldn't pull out those roles he's too goofy
1: 100
2: percent. and that's my worry so i'm Bumblebee he was that way where I thought he was not fitting in this and then that's my worry about Fast 9 I just don't think I think he is perfect for this Peacemaker role I think he's perfect for like Trainwreck he needs to do action comedy that sort of style and people were talking about this because the Army of the Dead trailer came out and there was like I think a trending tweet where people were like are we ready to talk about Batista being a better actor than The Rock And, like, I said, like, spoilers, like, Batista's always been a better actor than The Rock. He's been a better actor than The Rock. He's been a better actor than John Cena, way better than Hulk Hogan. Like, The Rock can do one thing, and he does it really well. Now, he's very talented, and he can do a few other flex muscles, not in, like, an actual muscle way, but just as far as acting. But Batista has so much range. And I even think, like... Drax in general has way more range than anything The Rock or John Cena have ever done, you know? So I think Batista would be – that's why um, I understand Bane is Latinx, a mastermind drug dealer, and a manipulator. Yeah, and I think Batista is – I think he has some sort of history as far as like his – His background, I think he may – I don't know if it's uh, his mom's lad or something like that. I I don't know for sure, but I I think there – he has that in his heritage, and I think that's another reason why people have brought him up because obviously people – 2012 people didn't really bring him up, but I think in retrospective people are kind of like, why is this really white British dude playing a Hispanic character in Dark Knight Rises? But I feel like Christopher Nolan didn't really – Christopher Nolan's a classic. Like, he loves the comic books, but he just really took them because there's a lot of characters that aren't really close to the comic books. Like, look at some of their adaptations. I think that worked out, but I don't. And I am not saying Christopher Nolan has a problem with race. I don't think that's. It. I just think he was like, oh, I need to find a great actor for Bane, and then people are like, after the fact, like, oh, you know, he's And He's like, oh, okay, well, it's still Tom Hardy, and then here we are. So I. That's why I'd love if. And he said he's actually pitched to Warner Brothers about playing Bane. Now I don't know where. I don't know where that would happen. And I do prefer Bane because Lobo to me is – I like Lobo. I like him a lot. Character I think you would actually really enjoy, Taylor Field. But I I think that that's just almost kind of easy for him. It's a role that he's done before and done similarly where Bane has a bit more – like he is more serious. He's more dramatic. There's a lot more depth to that character, and I think Batista would get a lot more out of that character as far as you look at Bane, you look at a villain. As far as Lobo, it's just like, you know, the space cowboy kicking ass. I think Batista's done that, and he doesn't have to do that. So uh, let's see. Not uh, let's see. He's part Filipino, all the game says. Not Latinx, but wouldn't be whitewashed if Batista did it. Momo would have been great as Lobo. Oh, Yeah he would have been fantastic as Lobo. Like uh, that, it's so funny, but Hey, it worked out for him. as Aquaman. Uh, apparently he spoke with gun about Bane and suicide squad, but those are just the rumors. I was wondering because in this is what I was going to ask you next Taylor, like where could you see Bane if this were to happen? But there were rumors around the time of suicide squad. And remember, remember this, this is when James Gunn was fired from Marvel. And do you remember back in the day, how much Batista popped off on Disney? Mm-hmm. Like, Like, if you want to talk about people being mad about Gina Carano being fired, the fact that Batista made it through all that and he's still playing Drax the Destroyer after, like, he would be calling – like, he called Disney, like, Nazi sympathizer all this stuff. Like, he went off on them. So, like, it's so funny. Like, in the give-me-what-I-want promos, like, all that stuff. Like, that was such a glorious time. Like, any day Batista's going to tweet something out and it's going to be wild. But so – The timeline was James Gunn, Jane Jane Gunn, James Gunn gets called, obviously goes Warner Brothers, going to make Suicide Squad great, and there was rumors about Batista being in it, so it almost looked like oh they're all jumping ship, everything like that. And I think Batista has shared this, if not a source as that. He was offered a role in Suicide Squad, but he apparently did pick Army of the Dead over this. He did pick, like because that just kind of spoke to him a bit more, so mm. I'm very excited for Army of the Dead. But there were rumors at that time that he was in Suicide Squad and he was probably playing Peacemaker, mm. and that was kind of the narrative was, oh, when he couldn't do it, he dropped out, they got John Cena as a replacement. But I would believe Fanboy Clay more because... I've already had a problem of some of the Suicide Squad looking very kind of Guardians-esque. I think if Batista played Peacemaker, that looked like almost the same as Drax. Because it looks like they have a similar humor where they're tough and badass, but there might be some things that go over their heads. His reflexes are too quick. But really, like he looks like he's a smart guy, but doesn't have like the wherewithal to get just general humor and stuff, kind of like Drax did. So I feel like if he played Peacemaker, that's very similar. So, I believe you could have had Bane in there and I wish it happened. That's what I was going to ask you, Taylor. Do you see him possibly popping up if this were to happen? And I don't know why Warren Brothers wouldn't do it, but he's becoming a big star. Would you see him popping up in like a second Suicide Squad or I guess a third one with James Gunn popping up somewhere else? Do you think he would fit in the Matt Reeves kind of films that are happening right now? Or do you think this is just, it's a fun conversation, but do you think it's never going to happen?
3: Uh, I,
1: I genuinely feel like Dave Batista is like a one superhero like kind of guy. I feel like he I don't, But
2: this is a villain. That's the that's a Well the I mean catch, sorry, right?
1: like you I think he would sorry, let me rephrase that. I feel like he's a one superhero franchise kind of type hmm. of person. I don't necessarily see him going along again. He wants there, to
2: play Bane though. He wants to he play. Does he want Bane. to?
1: Well I guess you do yeah. have the James Gunn. <laughs> Give me what I want. Um yeah. Well, I mean then that defeats I mean that's that's the answer there. I mean that if he wants to play Bane, I mean you have James Gunn who's leading the DC villains film. I mean that I feel like it's bound to happen then.
2: Yeah, but Henry Cavill also wants to be Superman again, and we haven't seen that happen. You know, like just not counting Snyder cut that was stuff he filmed. Like, look, he wants to be Superman again, and what did we get in Shazam? You know, a cut off Superman head. So just because someone wants something, I'll say the same Ray Fisher thing as you. What is your percentage? And I'll say ever. What is your percentage? We ever see Dave Batista play? Uh, Bane. Do
1: you feel like we're at the end of Suicide Squad? Then we're gonna get like Bane walking in with no head, like shot of him, just his body,
2: and we wouldn't even know it's Batista because <laughs> <even> like, <laughs> we didn't even cast. no, I don't. I don't think he's in the movie. I think, I think that is set up for maybe down the line mm. as far as if James Gunn does more, because I think, I think he's gonna do Guardians and then he'll be done over at Marvel and then we'll see what he does. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see all in game says I would love Batista to play Bane in the Matt Reeves Batman sequel and that. That's where it's tough because I'll get your percentage in a second, Taylor. But I, I think we've talked about this before. But I just want to reaffirm with you: Do you think Matt Reeves' Batman can get into the fantastical? Hey, here's a guy with venom that can get really big, or is it going to stay put? I know we saw that with Tom Hardy and his Bane, but I feel like that almost be copying if you do like another Bane who's just like a very powerful dude. Like I just. I think his movies are going to be very grounded. I know people talk about Mr. Freeze and all this. I don't think so. I think we're just sticking with the street-level villains and Matt Reeves' villain, uh, film. I could be wrong, but...
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I don't... Uh, it does depend. Like Again, just the aesthetic that we've gotten, it does feel like it's going to be a grounded kind of journey with those characters. So if they get a little wacky, it would have to be... I wouldn't know until I see the movie. If they have little sprinkles of Easter eggs or kind of tidbits of information that kind of showcase that, okay, yeah, we can get a little bit, like, out of control where we have a villain that's just pumped full of venom who's going super jacked and crazy and everything like that, running cartels and drugs, all that kind of stuff, then, sure, then by all means, but it all depends how they write it into the story. I don't want them to just toss it in there and it not fit because so far, to me, it wouldn't fit because... Yeah, I mean, if they were to do it, he would. He would. I would envision him to be very different from the Tom Hardy version, and very different from the previous yeah. versions. Because again, the Riddler, <laughs> the Riddler that we're getting is full on Jigsaw. So yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and I've always said this too before that I'm always down for take things in the comic book world and adapt them as realistic as possible. That's why I do really love the Nolan ones because they took Bane and they try to make him as realistic as possible. He has the mask because he needs a breathing apparatus. He's just a big dude. I know people have pitched before and I was part of that as far as Riddler being a jigsaw type. Perfect. Other people have pitched that just make Bane who, like, you could, you don't ditch the Venom stuff. I, I would like to see it, but ditch the Venom stuff. He's just a big dude who's very powerful, and he's like a mob boss, because that's where Bane is. Like He's very smart, he's very cunning, like Clays ramp, he's a manipulator, so I don't think I need a Bane that, like, I, I, like, and even then, like, okay, can we be honest? Look at the Arkham <laughs> Asylum games. Like, look how big Bane gets. You cannot do that character unless he's CGI, and I think there's a weird thing where, look at Deadpool 2 when they did Juggernaut. I like that he was CGI, but it was still weird having like this big dude of all skin cgi it works with the hulk it works with king Shulk shark because they're like animated cartoony characters but if you have a dude just a regular dude with like a luchador mask and his muscles are the size of a car it's gonna look silly it's not gonna look good so i would rather them take their approach of hey let's make this as realistic as possible they try to do that and i think raimi did that really well in the spider-man movies like Doc ox sandman stuff like that <laughs> You mean Bane in Batman and Robin wasn't a realistic version of Bane, of Tony, uh, Tony Walton said, a version of Bane? So, and this is the thing. If that movie, I think it kind of works. The only reason it works is because that movie's fucking crazy. Like, that movie makes no sense whatsoever. So, if they were to... I've always said this, too. And maybe this is my... I, this wouldn't be my future one day. But I've always said this, that... If they do, they really commit DC to the multiverse. What if they should do a continuation of Batman '66? Now I know Adam West is gone, but do a more comedic Batman, do a Lego Batman, and that's where you could get the Bane that's just huge and as a building. But in the real world, I don't see it. But uh, Tony Walton also said earlier as far as he could see, Bane either in Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey sequel, or Nightwing, and not a Batman film because of Dark Knight Rising. Uh, one i think you're living in a fantasy world that i want to live in as far as getting that birds of prey sequel because man i would love it but that movie unfortunately just bombed and i i want that so bad it's my favorite dcu movie i thought about it i still still have it a smidge over the snyder cut but i really like the snyder cut that's my number two dcu film and as far as nightwing that's a film that got talk about dc films that got announced i got announced oh when did lego batman come out 2016, 17? Do, must I think be 17.
1: 2017, let's see.
2: Chat, tell us, because whenever Lego Batman was coming out, he directed mm-hmm. that, and then he came out and said, Oh, this guy's directing Nightwing. I was like, Awesome. Nightwing's my se- third favorite character next after Batman and Catwoman as far as DC Heroes. Let's do a solo venture. Great. I feel like we're missing some stuff. I still want to see the kind of spin off of that. 2017, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited. So, what it's been th- what four years since that movie's been announced that movie's definitely not happening i would love a nightwing movie and bane would be perfect and yeah all all in the game said reeves could make it work he's that good i agree because look at rise of the plan apes that franchise like it's it's a crazy like weird world where apes are running up but it feels realistic right it feels in the real world so i do trust him i still think you could make a mr freeze work i just think that people would have to understand that you might get Mr. Freeze, but he's going to be a very, like, realistic version. Like, it's going to be very toned down. He's not going to be looking blue and shiny. And the same thing as Bane. Like, you might even get a Bane without the mask. Maybe he has face tattoos or something like that, which could go wrong because we saw Damaged and that didn't happen. So, uh, what my other question was, because uh, we talked about him being Matt Reeves, so what is the percentage we could see him, this ever happening? Do you think this is something that... Like, like people have thrown out some options so you think this could happen or you are uh, un, over under fifty percent I won't get you a specific but that over under fifty percent
1: I will say I'll say over okay i'll
2: I don't know Cause I'll say I'll say under for now, but ask me after James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Cause maybe that goes, you know. Actually, ask me ask me after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Cause let's see if he dies in Guardians the Galaxy Volume Three, and then his schedule's really wide open. Tony Walton said, I can see a reference in Bane's movie for a sequel. Can you see the Court of Owls or someone new in a sequel? Once people see Matt Reeves' first film, uh, they understand it's much more ground in the universe. That's all in game. That's tough because I know Heinz, who's been hosting the show from the very beginning. He's been shouting out the Court of Owls. And, Taylor, you probably don't know them. But I think when we do comic book versions. I know them probably... from
1: the Arkham games.
2: Okay. They're in there a little bit. Yeah. And they're going to be in the uh, – what's that game called? What's the next one called? Arkham Knights. They, yeah. They're the main villains of that. So if you don't know, you're listening to DC Alliance, so you should. But they are like this group that uh, Scott Snyder – no relation to Zack Snyder. My favorite probably writer – I don't want to say of all time, but of this generation, he did New 52 with Batman. And the whole storyline was there's a secret society, almost like a cult, but like they can bring people back from the dead. They freeze bodies. They use DNA, all this sort of stuff. One of them is maybe Bruce's brother. They're just like this secret organization that's been living Gotham for years. So it's kind of like, well, all Batman's been on these adventures. There's been the secret group watching or maybe in the background. And it's just phenomenal. If you've never read any of them, you need to read them if you're a Batman fan. And Hines has that out. I just think for me, I find Bane more realistic than the Court of Owls. Now, if you say we're going to do Court of Owls, but it's just a mob or cult like people hiding in Gotham City, that I understand. If it's, hey, we draw, we quiet. Qu- oh my god cryogenically freeze people and make clones of them and this has the dna of robin no i don't see that stuff i could see you know certain things people's like see like the riddler card and it has an owl on it so maybe but again i think it has to be a really realistic adaptation and same thing for you taylor you don't know that much about court like but do you see matt Reeves being able to tackle something like that or do you think that's too outworldly for what he's setting up. As far as right now just like it's a crime murder mystery as far as the Batman goes. I
1: don't see it outer worldly at all or anything like that. Like I feel like it's uh I feel like it's it, I feel like that fits totally into the universe. Uh Taylor, Tony Walton Taylor, read Batman new 52 volume 1 and 2. Forget recording for the next day, or so just read those volumes. <laughs> We no, no, no. We're we're gonna wait.
2: Till, we're going because we gotta we uh, do comic Virgin, So we'll get Kirkland on that and we'll read that all together. So we we have to record that and read that. We will because that's such a great storyline. But uh, so you you think there's there's a potential path? To oh,
1: it? I think there 100 percent is. Again, it hasn't been explored in the films yet, and it's yeah. just it's such a a dark, gritty storyline. Just from what I can tell, like there's so much mysterious elements to it and components that it just fits it totally fits with this universe totally more than i would say bane does at this point in my mind so yeah. unless they do bane the right way
2: that's the movie bane and uh, the court of owls all together you know the, <laughs> bane has these owl tattoos and no family classes cult exists. uh they can make it work without the supernatural stuff i agree and i also think you could like the stuff of like one of them like talon being maybe being bruce's brother. You can I think you can leave it alone. I don't think you need the whole like and he was your because I think there there's some sort of story to that where it's like he was maybe like like the parents, the mom, Martha gave birth to him and he was maybe like not all there. Or he was a kid that's all put together and they kind of portrayed it as like they like gave the kid away or uh. something like that. I don't really need any of that. I think that's the weakest point of the story. I think that's just a classic comic book trope where the bad guy has to be like your brother, your mother, your sister, something like that. So I think you could leave that behind. But I'd be down for quarter And it's almost like Miles Morales where, like, he got really popular in comic books. He got a video game, animated movie. Same thing as Quarter They've been in an animated movie. They're having a video game where they're the villains. Hopefully down the line, even if it's not even Matt Reeves' movie, we do get him. So... Obviously, we went on a lot of tangents there, but uh, that's a fun thing about this podcast and the chat. Thanks for answering a lot of questions. So, Taylor, is there anything you want to shout out about DC or any stories in general or anything before we close this out?
1: Um, I don't think I have. Like, for your sake, I hope they bring back Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I've always said this, that I think if... If this Michael Keaton thing is just a one and done, you have to bring her back. But if this is to potentially set up him appearing more or Batman Beyond, you save that card. Because for The Flash, you can go, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton. And then when Batman Beyond happens, or a Batman movie with Michael Keaton, and people go, oh, like I saw Keaton already, what do I need to see more? That's when you bring in Michelle Pfeiffer, and you show, oh, look who we got, and people get excited. Hopefully, they're all good, because they used to date, and that was part of the thing of Batman Returns. Like, Michael Keaton wasn't the biggest fan of the casting, because it was, like, not too long after they'd just broken up. So, I would hope this many decades later there's been difference. But, oh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is. That's, uh... That would be a dream come true. I would be just as excited for that than I would as Michael Keane because, honestly, she's the best Catwoman. She gives a better performance than Michael Keaton or anybody in those movies. Jack Nicholson, she deserved an Academy Award nomination. I don't care what people say. She is top ten comic performances all time. Fantastic. So, yeah, keep putting that in the ether, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Taylor, thanks for doing this for me. It was, it was a different type of show. I hope mm-hmm. you listeners enjoyed it somewhat because, yeah, we don't have the full-on knowledge like a – a tony
1: or you know clay
2: or I, stuff I think like
1: that. i like alienated half of the fan base of my cena comment to be honest like
2: i cannot wait to see i cannot wait for this to go live to the podcast even like as everybody says or as everybody <laughs> as you said earlier at taylor field or is it taylor the field or what is your i'm gonna handle?
1: delete my twitter tonight <laughs> i'm going off the grid now
2: All in the game says Anne Hathaway was surprisingly good. She was good. I just wanted a little bit more in that movie. I think that movie... I think the whole subplot of Bruce and Talia being a couple should have been cut. And they should have just replaced a lot of those with Selena scenes. That movie was just kind of messy. Which I love that movie, but... Yeah, but no, I, I hope you fans had a fun time. Like I said, we're not as knowledgeable as some of the previous hosts on here, but we do like these things. We have a passion for these things. And we thought, hey, we'll come in here and have a fun time. And I think we did that. And I think just for the John Cena's Bane alone, that, that was worth the price of admission right there. So, can't waste until co- Taylor co-hosts Marvel Alliance. He's never co-hosted, but he has been on when we did the, when the Toby news broke. So maybe one day. Marvel Alliance? Christopher... I was yeah. on there
1: for, uh, wasn't it the X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix? You were. You've actually been
2: on there twice. You did the Dark me commentary track because you've never seen that and then you're on when the toby news broke but i i think he maybe means like uh it's you and someone else i, I don't oh. know what would be more interesting if it would be you and chris or you and brent i don't know what oh would be... <laughs> i
1: mean i feel like i well i feel like me and brent would hit it off i feel like that'd be great but i feel like me and chris i think chris like again like with his line of work he probably see me as like a special character and we just kind of like you're like okay taylor okay Okay.
2: (laughs) He's very understanding. He works with students all the time. He has to understand. And all in the game says it's 420. No wonder Taylor's off Definitely not
1: for us yet. It's like
2: pre, pre 420. Taylor's pre-game, and that's why. But, uh, (laughs) no, thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys have made it tons of fun. It's always a good time. I need to see Taylor on Ranger Alliance. Some hot takes on old school Power Rangers. Taylor, have you ever watched Power Rangers? I think probably a little bit, but...
1: Okay, uh, just a tiny, like, little, little bit. Like, my knowledge is definitely not on par with... Many of yous out there in uh, the Rangerverse, but but uh, I mean, yeah, heck, yeah. I'll put my resume out to all over the, all the Geek Ultimate Alliance. I'll do it on all these shows.
2: I think, Clay, what you should make happen is obviously this is probably years down the line. I'm not sure when you're doing the movies, but I think whenever you get the Power Rangers turbo – that is the movie that Taylor has to guest on because Taylor, like, is notorious for – he loves almost almost every movie. Not loves, but he really likes movies. You know, there's – I think he's only failed, like, five movies on the podcast. We've been doing this for almost six years. And even then, he's always, like – it's, like, a 4.9 or something. But, like, R- Power Rangers Turbo because I think that's one he wouldn't have to know too much about. And it's a wild movie. And there's – people have been talking about there's, like, a turbo cutter and anything. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I, I would even be on that because that was a movie that I've not seen in years, but I – I I love that Power Rangers game we play on the stream, and I forgot to shout out at the very beginning of the stream that if you want to, uh, we're not doing a big one, but this Saturday we are in a tournament for Rocket League for Extra Life, and if we win, we win some money towards charity, and we're doing a stream where we watch long, everything like that, so it's going to be tons of fun. Please support and retweet because it just gets eyes BC turns hospital. People may do you know it's not our yearly one, but if we win some money, it goes towards that later on. So Taylor, you just said ooh, what did what did you? Ooh I was about? looking
1: up the poster for Turbo Power Rangers Turbo. They got some cars in there, you know. Let's. Uh...
2: <laughs> I thought you were saying ooh when you saw the the villain like the sexy villain lady, you know, because she, she, she has some like full on...
1: glass things, glasses going on or whatever. It's more like the body. like oh. she's full
2: on like nineties like this cape and stuff uh tony says it's a bit underrated i don't i've not seen it in ages i've seen power rangers like the original yeah, one with yeah. ivan and stuff a lot more recent but like that one i remember having a vhs and watching a lot of it i love power rangers hashtag who is i think i always forget it, clay but who is the phantom ranger bring him back bring him a movie i need to know i need to know his identity i've been on that cliffhanger for years since i was a kid and they didn't do it Come on now. So uh, we'll try to actually end the show. Thank you to everyone that tuned in. This was tons of fun. Uh, Taylor, I'll give you the last word because you seem like you got some information there.
1: I have some information.
2: Well, you're like, ooh. ah. You're oh, no. So
1: I was just going to confirm. This is the, the villain
2: here. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a full-on <laughs> 90s look. That's,
1: <laughs> that's something. So. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go.
2: And that's why I'll watch the video version. So, ladies, and like I said, it should be back to regularly scheduled time and regularly scheduled hosts. We thank you for just you know what, because at the end of the day, it was either us or no host. So, you know what, we are, we we hope we were a good enough replacement for you. And uh, as I say on other shows, we promise you, whenever you hear from us next or DC next week, it'll not be boring. Thank you very much for tuning in. Bye bye.